Hello, and you are tuning in to Don't Overthink It, the podcast. I'm your host, serial entrepreneur, first-time mom, and straight shooter, Terrace Sherman. Every stage of life comes with its own set of challenges, and in each weekly episode, I will dive into the topics that are difficult to face. I'll be bringing you interviews from trailblazing guests, as well as healing-centered solo episodes. Life comes at you fast. Don't overthink it. Don't think about it too much, too much, too much, too much. Okay, hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Don't Overthink It, the podcast. I'm your host, Terrence Couture, and today I have a very special guest. Y'all know I love my guests so much, okay? So I have Miss Ebony Gibson, um, and before we dive into this interview, I'm I always like to give my guests an opportunity to tell the audience a little bit more, a little bit more about who they are and what it is that they do. So, Miss so Ebony, me, huh? share with us, share with us, share with us. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm a native of Flint, so Flint town uh, until I die, clearly, because I'm a native. But I honestly, I'm just a very down to earth soul trying to change the world and do what I can to be an impact before I leave. So I always tell people, um, my mom was the first entrepreneur that I fell in love with and is a retired teacher. My dad is, uh, was a football coach as well as a social worker. So when it comes down to how I ended up becoming who I am, like it is truly in my lineage. And I, I love to laugh. I love to build and I love to be impactful. That's really it. <laughs> yes. So listen, y'all. Okay. Ebony does so much. We're going to try to capture it all. Okay. We're we going to try to capture it all. But I told you I was going to continue to bring these trailblazing women on here, you know, so we could continue to all grow together. And yeah. so, um, Ebony, like, I know. Um, Let's start with your career, the beginning phase of your career. So now you are a bad boss. You run multiple companies, but starting out, you did dedicate 15 years to retail management, right? And so I know a lot of women find themselves in this in this stage, especially once they hit a certain point in their career, they're nine to five or whatever the case may be. Um, and you hit that stage where you decided, okay, it's time for a change. So yeah. can you walk us through like what were... Like, what was your thought process like during that time? Like, what was your deciding factor? It's like, okay, I'm really just going to take the leap and I'm going to do this thing. Absolutely. So I will, I will say, um, so I got to the, I got to a point where um, I had been very successful in the retail world. Um, I actually got into retail because my, when I first got out of high school, I wasn't necessarily sure what I wanted to do at a point I wanted to go to hair school at a point I just wanted to chill out and explore and figure it out and my dad was like you are you are either going to work or you're going to school and so my first job was at Eddie Bauer I feel like I'm aging myself but my first (laughs) job was at Eddie Bauer and I literally started as a stock person and then sales associate But I fell in love with the process. One, I loved it because no day looked the same. And then two, you got to engage with people. And then you were responsible for making sure that everything happened from 
visual merchandising to the actual sale. And so I just loved the process. And so I started working in retail and I literally worked every role to get to the role of store manager. And so when you talk about, I know how to, I know how to throw out the trash (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I know how to hire and fire. And so I got to a point where that was fulfilling and rewarding. And transparently speaking, I worked for a lot of organizations and companies where you didn't see a black woman as the helm or as the store manager. And so that's a whole, that's probably a whole different episode as far as what you have to go through in leadership as a black woman, predominantly um, white leadership roles. But it was cool, rose up the ladder, but it just wasn't the most fulfilling. And so I'm like, okay, I'm having success. I could continue to climb this ladder, but at the end, when it's all said and done, when I die, am I going to be personally okay with the outcome? Like, am I going to feel like I lived my best life? And if I get to the top or the pinnacle of this journey or this career, is that satisfactory for me for my overall life? And the answer was no. Like, it's a level of success, but is it most impactful? And I think sometimes as as Black women in particular, or just in general, we are stuck between it's a resource, it's revenue, but does it really make me happy and does it positively contribute to my quality of life? And if the answer is no, there's so many gifts and talents that we have and there's so many areas of business and opportunity that we don't have to stay in one place. We don't have to try to figure it out in that moment or you can change and pivot. And I think growing up, we didn't see our parents with the accessibility and the mindset to pivot. It was like you locked into a career, whether you loved it or hated it, and you roll with that thing to the wheels fell off. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you were satisfied or content. It just means that you had revenue and you had, you know, you were able to take care of yourself. So honestly, I'm a faith-based person. I prayed and I was like, Lord, look, I'm appreciative of what you've done and what I've experienced here, but I feel like there's more and I need you to show me what that looks like. Like I'm having a problem (laughs) trusting and believing that, that I can do it, but I know that there's more. And so honestly, it was like, once I prayed, God gave me the confirmation and it was like, it's time to go. And I was like, time to go where? (laughs) Where are we going? You got to understand, I'm a person of strategy and on my way to being able to only work one full-time salary job, I was a person that could easily work two or three jobs to make it happen. So Mm -hmm. now I've come to this point in my career where salary is good, like I'm good here, but then like, where where are we going again? With, With what plan? With what strategy? And so, but you have to take a risk on your dreams. And sometimes it requires that level of investment to figure out, you know, to live your most impactful life. Now, if I had to do it all over again, baby, I would have worked my savings. <laughs> I would have, I would have worked it a little different. Ooh, but for moment, at that moment, it was for me, I had to jump and not look back because as long as I had a safety net, that safety net 
would keep me so comfortable that I would be complacent. And I feel like it's a lot of us that are comfortable, but we, and technically you're uncomfortable, you're financially comfortable, but Mm -hmm. you are complacent and you're really not living a fulfilled life. And that's what happened. So maybe I left that job and didn't look back. You know what? And this it kind of you kind of segued into my next question, but I'm like I'm a sidestep a little bit too because yeah. you hit something that's so so key. A lot of people they we talk about leaving these jobs and 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 you know what it takes to leave these jobs, but it's more than just money. It's really that mindset and that faith and that belief in yourself that like can I make this thing happen? So like for me, my story is like. I thought I had made it, right? I got this career. I'm on the 25th, 26th, 27th floor in Buckhead, Atlanta. Like, I'm like, I, I love it here. So I tried to juggle my business and my career as long as I could. I'm like, I love, I like, I like both, you know. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where it's like, okay, well, which one do you love? You know, which one is like your true calling? And you do have to get some clarity about that. So can you talk to us about? the mindset, the, the mental shift that it requires to step out of this role or step out of that, that quote unquote, um, financial stability into, yeah. oh Lord, the deep sea of, I don't know where the next dollar coming from, honestly. <laughs> Baby, sometimes you swimming and sometimes you're not sure what's happening. <laughs> no, but I, I, you know, we both get it. I, I will say that when it comes down to purpose, and this is, um, you know, to each its own, your belief system is your belief system. But I firmly believe that we are all placed on this earth and created and purposed to do something. I feel like as we live and and I can go off into a whole nother world with this, but I think society, we live every day where society tries to shape and frame us into what they believe we should be. So even when we look at things like our educational systems, sometimes there's more focus on math and science and not necessarily enough focus on music and arts. And for me, I struggled coming up because I was a creative, but I didn't necessarily know how to express that or how to get that out. So sometimes I struggle with trying to fit into the to the square of traditional learning and education it wasn't until I got older and more mature that I realized like you were really a creative that felt like you were stuck in a box. And so even with that, I feel like we are all created to do something. We're all created to build something. And I think sometimes we feel like we have to choose between a paycheck and purpose. And I just don't think that's how it was designed for us. I think we were designed to make paychecks from our purpose. And so once I started to realize that, and once God showed me that, like, hey, where I am right now is who he's always cultivated me to be. Because I was seven years old, taking the scraps from my mom's fabric, like making purses and having the mindset of an entrepreneur. I watched my mom like talk as she put, she was a seamstress, but she also was just crafty. So my mom was literally before entrepreneurship was our buzzword. She was Mm -hmm. pushing out thousands of dollars Easter season 
putting together Easter baskets. And when I tell you she didn't play about these Easter baskets, they had to have Oreos and not Norios. They had okay. to have high C and not, <laughs> and not like, like standard, okay? <laughs> Listen, it was a standard product presentation was on point, quality control systems and processes were intact. And these were the things that I was attracted to and I was, was instilled in me when I was a kid. And then when I got older, I used to get frustrated because I'm like, why do I have so many ideas for businesses? I can't start all of these businesses. I can't do all of this before I die. Like there is no way that this is going to happen. And then the more I lived and the more I invested into the exploration of my purpose and who I'm actually called to be, that's when it became more clear to me and it came full circle and it's still coming full circle because some of the ideas that I had as a teenager about cosmetic brands or hair and beauty brands where I was getting frustrated because I'm like, I can't do this. Now I realize that this is actually what I was supposed to do to help others. So purpose has always been in the fabric of who I was, but when I was working my salary job, I felt like a great deal of my focus had to be on running someone else's business and building someone else's dream. And I had very little time after it was all said and done to invest in purpose. And so I people all the time encourage them, flip the model because if you gotta wake up three hours early and go to bed three hours early so you can wake up three hours early so you can actually invest what you're passionate about and what really drives you and makes you happy, you'll be able to operate through life so much better. The problem is we give everything to everybody else and either we have very little time to invest in our purpose or the things that impact our quality of life if we have time at all. And so we wonder why we're miserable on our jobs. And sometimes we've, we've um, made our jobs our permanent state when it's only a temporary move. So then we get locked into it and it's like, you're wondering why you're miserable. Baby, this was a stepping stone because this was supposed to give you the money to save and tuck away so you can walk away from that job and start that business that you have always dreamed of having. Yep. And that that's so true. And they're, they're really, you, you hit a lot of really, really good points, right? So one I want to address is like this serial entrepreneurship because I feel like we're forced to kind of pick a box. They're like, you're, you either do this or you do this or you do this or you do this. And so I feel like we have like some overlap as far as like childhood stories because I do run a cosmetics brand as well. And yeah. I never thought in a million years, that's why it's like you can't rely on, on your own thoughts and, and how you feel. I never saw in a million years, but I also did not have that model of entrepreneurship that you were blessed yeah. to have. Um, and so I'm like, I don't know how the word I'm going to make this happen. So I'm just print, pulling out pictures of magazines and doing vision boards and journals. and stuff. Before that was like a thing, right? It was like a diary back there, you know, the fuzzy diaries with the ink pens. I watched the Yeah, I don't know if y'all know about clues. You lose the key, you screw. Yeah, so, you know, we have to break the book open if we lost our keys, you know, stuff like that. So it was like, I knew I had this fire, all these things that I wanted to do. And then every time... I would talk about this stuff to people because, you know, it's, it's hard to 
it's hard to visualize something that you haven't seen or, you know, it's hard to really understand it. And so when I'm talking to this to, you know, my family and friends. I'm a kid in high school. They're like, great, thought all age. You're going to college. You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a, a lawyer. You're going to be a teacher. And they already kind of pretty had it mapped out for me. So every time I would talk about entrepreneurship, it would, in a sense, get shut down, not in the like, not in an intentional negative way, but like a, we don't understand that. That's not going to make you no money. Mm -hmm. This is what you're capable of doing. And I'm like, so I kept telling everybody, well, I'm just going to go to college and be an entrepreneur when I'm done. It. And that's why it's like, it's in, and words are important because I said that mm -hmm. without really understanding. I was just talking, you know, you'd be cockier in high school because life ain't really hit you yet. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to shoot to the moon, come back, start the business, explore the galaxies, come back, start another one. You have a million dollars. I'm going to live forever. Listen, y'all, y'all don't even know me like that. Okay. So, <laughs> but let's dive into that serial entrepreneurship, right? Because like I said, oftentimes yeah. we, we do get encouraged to sort of make ourselves fit into these boxes. So you run multiple companies, you own multiple companies. How do you manage running multiple companies? And what are some of the things that you do to boost your clarity for each business? You know, because I think that's important as well. Yes. So first of all, <laughs> it is a whole, it's a whole thing. Um, and, and I'm so glad we're talking about this because when you are creative and when you have multiple gifts, like I've always grown up with most I've always had multiple gifts so there's strategy and problem solving and all of that like my brain has just always been wired to figure out identify a problem but figure out the solution mm -hmm. I've been a singer since I was about I, since I was about 12 years old and then leadership is a natural gift of mine as well so there's all of these things that you have stirring in the pot but then um, you hear society tell you and I, I absolutely, this word makes me cringe. And especially in our energy, in our uh, industry, you got to niche down. And, and so, and, and here's the thing. When I first started out as a consultant, I do think that you have to have focus. And I do think that you have to be strategic and intentional. And I do think that you have to do your best to make sure your brand voice is strong. But I think... There are a lot of people with maybe one or two areas or giftings that have shaped and framed this. And there's very little space for um, the multi-business owner or the multi-talented creative that you can't tell me to niche down and cover one thing because I'm going to be miserable in that one space trying to pour all that I am into this one box that you told me I should fit into. I don't mm -hmm. even... I'm too big for the box that you're telling me to niche down to. So it's like, so I do understand that. And I struggled with that. Like it wasn't until the past, I would even say year or two that I'm like, look, people keep telling me that I need to do it this way. And I can't, like, I won't be content. I won't be fulfilled. So I have to figure out how do I make it make sense as much as I can because otherwise I'm going to die with all of these gifts that everybody told me I should just disregard or potentially never touch and explore and water and flourish. And then who's going to answer for that when it's all said and done, when it comes down to the evaluation of my life. 
and quality of life. And that's really just what it narrowed. That's what it came down to. Like, I know that I have multiple gifts and talents. I know that I am miserable when I'm trying to force them into this niche down space that Mm -hmm. everybody is recommending. And so I started to just explore um, brand options that made the most sense to who I am. And so I think when you're a multi-entrepreneur or a multi-talented creative, you, it, it's really more so about bringing people into your full story. So when it came down to launching the notebook company in 2021, that is who I am. Baby, the color, like I used to love Lisa Frank when I was a kid. So the bold colors, the stationery, look right down to the dress I'm wearing today. I'm giving you these you got the pink lipstick. I got the colorful dress. We give it. We give it Lisa Frank vibes. Because yes, it right came to be there somewhere. <laughs> so this is not. This is not something that I'm trying to force. This is actually an extension of who I am. I'm a writer, and I love. I have always invested because I have hundreds of notebooks. I've always invested in that. So when it came down to another business venture. It was in my heart to do it, but it also made sense to who I am and mm-hmm. and as a me as a brand myself. So I think sometimes we can be make it make sense. That's really it for me. When you have an audience and you have multiple things that you want to do, your audience will respond if you can make it make sense. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like people know that I write that you could if you follow me on social media, you know that a pen is very is, is a part of who I am. So. One, you got to make it make sense. And then two, it's not easy managing it because you are managing multiple brands. So you got to give yourself the space and the understanding of I got to touch them all. And in a perfect world, we can just carry them all like this comfortably and you just walk and live life. There are some times where the other brands might not get as much attention. But what I've been intentional about in this past year is just forcing myself to balance my management. So I can't be 100% into the agency and not pouring into the other brands. But as much as you can, bring them together because I'm able to use my notebooks with my clients. I'm able to uh, utilize content for my agency and include the notebooks in my content uh, curation. So that makes it a bit easier for me because there are a lot of brands that make sense to who I am and they're complementary to what I do. Is that going to always be the case? No, but I think when you're trying to figure out how to connect the dots, it's very important to consider that. Right. And uh, thank you for sharing that because like I said, you dropped a lot of gems in that answer um, because I run multiple companies as well. And I remember... (laughs) I remember trying to, and I still got this bag because I'm like, okay, because I finally just, I told you this before we started our interview. I'm like, I finally just condensed all my calendars into one. Yes. Like, you want to schedule something with me? But like you said, make it make sense, right? So it doesn't make sense to condense in other spaces, but like a calendar where I'm trying yeah. to keep everything scheduled and organized, like that makes sense even across the businesses. Yeah. And because um, I started out in event planning as my very first business. And then I moved over into uh, cosmetics. But like I said, it was stuff that I liked. So it wasn't full face makeup at first. It was 
my bright lipsticks and my lashes because that's all I really liked <laughs> at the time. Yeah. Um, and so, and and I, you know, and that opportunity kind of just presented itself over to me. And then I end up getting into a uh, blogging because I like to write and I'm like, okay, but my brain operates in a, in a way of, okay, how do I turn this into a structured business? And so it's like, even in blogging where it's supposed to be fun and you're supposed to just be, you know, whatever, like I turned that into a, a complete business as well. And then I noticed, I'm like, okay, but my career has been in marketing and business development, right? So I've been doing that for well over 10 years now. Getting yeah. old, I'm getting old in these streets, y'all. Listen, so I've been doing that for well no, over 10 years. You're 10 years. Uh oh. 10 you know, years. I'm, you know, I'm, and I know what I, I don't know my stuff, y'all. So, <laughs> um, and so as I, and so when I, I started to find this conversation, right? Because everyone's like, okay, we go from having fun blogging, but you actually like structuring your stuff. Like, how are you doing that? And then I move into this consulting space that kind of just like came out of nowhere. And it's like, oh, okay, well, this this is one of the things I could talk about forever. I can talk about business and branding and marketing and how to put the pieces together all day. And I never even considered that, you know, as a business. And so I try to keep everything together and under one roof. And then um, like I said, I, I quit and I went full time and I got my first corporate client and I had yes, to send them the invoice. I had to send them this invoice that said couture on it. And it was like, ma'am, what is this? <laughs> and I'm like, it's all pink and it's cute. And I was like, um, and they never said anything about it because the work is the work at the end of the day. But like you said, and I think that's very key, is just make things make sense. And it hit me in that moment, and it was like it's time to split the two. It's time to have two definitive brands, two different companies, two different, two of their own everything, because now we're moving. This space looks different than this, than the space that we've been in before. And so I do thank you a lot for sharing that because yes, people are creative and they have all these different ideas. And I know for me, I've, I've had that experience where people are like, oh, you know, but you know, it's kind of like underhanded though. It's not really like they excited that you do it. It's kind of like, oh, you do everything. As yeah, a matter yeah, of fact, yeah. or what 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 don't you do? Like you yeah. gotta listen to what people are saying for real, but mm -hmm. then you also have to like we live in a space too, and, and we just gotta embrace it. Some people will never understand the the bandwidth of who we are and what we're created to do. Like we don't even fully understand it. We're living life every day. And we're further discovering that and it's being further unveiled. And so I can't be concerned about what everybody feels like I should be doing or how they feel about what I'm doing. I got to live this life and I want to die as empty as possible. So if I get stuck on what people think I should do or how the pace that they think I should operate in or then we will get stuck. And then it goes like I'm, I'm going to always go back to quality of life and contentment because while people will tell you well don't you think you just need to maybe like focus on the one thing and build it out when you're the person at three o'clock in the morning still thinking about those other things or like when it came down to the notebook company I had put it off so long that it was literally like clogging up my creativity and I just kept trying to figure out like how come I can't get around this? It was a creative block and I knew what it was. I knew that I needed to take the time to build it out, get it out of my system because when you're a multi-talented creative, 
if you don't, it it runs the it runs the hazard of locking up other creative things or and you don't know that if you're not a creative. Like yeah. so I got to the point where I'm like, I'm frustrated. I'm having creative blocks. I call it creative constipation. Like I just <laughs> couldn't push out the other things because I knew that this was right in front of me. And as soon as I got it out and started designing and started from, it was like so many other things opened up in my creative space. And so for the person three years ago that would have told me, hey, I think you just need to build up this consulting agency and just really focus on that. They're not the person that has to deal with what you have to deal with later on down the line or you being so frustrated with life because you've got it here but you've got the pressure of again the box that people will create and build for you that has their name on it not yours mm -hmm. agreed agreed and i and i like how you address that creative constipation because a lot of my clients are like i just feel stuck i just feel stuck and I promise you about 85 to 90% of the time when someone comes to me and they say they feel stuck, that's exactly what happened. They have yep. clogged up their pipelines. It was something that they were supposed to do, something that they were supposed to create, something that they were supposed to push or start to put in motion. And because they didn't, it really, it really clogged up their pipe. So it's like, okay, I can't move past this. And I understand it because it's like when you are solely invested in something like for me, I'm at a stage of my life right now where I got to rest a little bit more. But even when I'm like trying to rest, it's like, oh, I got to get up and write this down. Or I got to get up and write this down. And it's like me forcing myself to take that time now to rest. But it's still like, but I still understand, like, even though I can't be as like, go, 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 go as I you know, was pre-pregnancy, I still understand that if I don't get it out, like, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to, to focus on whatever this next call is or whatever this next yeah. project is because this is going to constantly stay there. So I at least have to get it out. I have to get it written down, something yeah. so that I can start that process to move it through that pipeline so that I can keep everything else on. Um, because what's the... Um, I used to be good at science, y'all, I swear. But the 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 theory, whose theory is where it's like the, an object in motion tends to stay in motion. So I always tell my clients, people that I'm talking to in general in conversation, it's like you have to stay in motion. You have to stay in motion. I know rest is also important. So I'm not saying negate, you know, yeah. negate to cure yourself and things like that. But when you stop, it's harder. Like when people have to restart and start over and keep doing things over and over and over again, that's a much harder process than if you were to just keep going and you work out the kinks yeah. and, you, and you push through the problem. Um, and so and like you said, every day, if you're pushing forward, then you're always making progress. Nobody is saying, hey, you have to go 70 miles per hour, 365 days of the year until you die. That that That's not the concept. But it's like it's a it's like a plant. If you don't water it, if you don't care for it, if you don't feed it, like it will you don't want things to die or you don't want to get to a point where it's not executed the way that you the way that you know it should be because we just put it down. And mm -hmm. like you said, it is hard. I have clients all the time that may need to stop, but that re-engage and that reigniting. It's always harder. And then the more and more you do it, the harder it is. And, I, you know, we, we both know this because we share the space. But it's like even when it comes down to your audience believing and your audience buying into what you do, 
if you drop it off and just put it over to the wayside and say you don't care, then that is the perception that you're giving to your audience. Mm -hmm. If you are at least touching it in some capacity, then that also shows your audience, even if you don't have the movement that you desire in the moment, it still shows them that you're still invested. And it's much Mm -hmm. easier to amp up what you're already doing than to restart it from like from the start like that. It's too much energy. (laughs) Way too much. And that's what I think causes the confusion too, because I get, um, you know, clients or different projects where it's like, you just completely disappeared off the face of the earth. And now you want to come back and bring this brand out. And it's like, you have to continue pushing out that visibility. Like you have to stay visible to your audience or they're going to forget that you exist. So now when you come back, they they forgot you were doing all this stuff. So now it seems like you start all over again today. And you are, you starting all over to this audience. You have to reintroduce yourself. You have to reprove yourself. You have to build that trust and build that likability and build that confidence up um, because people have to be confident in you to buy into whatever it is that you're doing. And it's like, you've shown them that you're not, like, if you're telling me you're not confident in you, why would I be confident in you? Why would I want to buy into that? Why would I want to opt into that or subscribe to that? And so I think that's very, very important because Listen, it's hard. Now, we're not saying it's easy. So I never want to make anybody feel like we're trying to sell y'all the, oh, it's it's easy uh, story. That's not the case at all. It's very, very challenging. We get up every day, and I'm sure Ebony can attest to this. Um, it is probably some stuff that make us just want to get back in bed. Like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> this ain't the day. Uh, maybe... <laughs> This ain't even a year for some of these problems. <laughs> I tell people all the time, I don't feel like building every day. <laughs> I don't feel like building every day, but I'm going to build every day because the other thing that we have to take into consideration, there is a difference between just running a business and there is a difference between doing the work that you're purposed and called to do in this work. Uh, in this world that may show up by way of entrepreneurship. Like I know for me personally, like I said, I'm a faith-based person. I know God specifically put me in this space. Like I know that marketplace is my ministry. So Mm -hmm. the other part of all of this is too, like I'm held accountable to a different standard on how I show up to this space every day. And when you are doing when, when purpose and paycheck align, it gives you a totally different way of operating your business because you don't even have the same approach. And like you said, it's not like every day is perfect. And it's not like I'm like, Woo! time to build. I'm like, oh, it's time to build. But it's all but I am still invested in it because. This is what I, this is my purpose. This is what I was created on this earth to do. And that's the difference between like just having a salary job or just having a hobby, you know, just something that is nice to do. When you lock into what you're created to do and it just so happens to bring you a paycheck as well, that's a totally different lane because there is something within you like this is your lifeline. And people, people tell me like, you know, you need to have more balance. And I have to explain to them, I believe that that is true. But when it is a purposeful work, I'm off balance if I am not invested in the thing that I was created to do. It just so happens to be entrepreneurship, but 
this is who I am. Like my, my goal and my purpose in this earth is to help people navigate through building what they are called to build within the world, to be impactful. So I, yeah, I can go on and on, but let me shut up. I'm like, all oh, ears. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> no, but I think, um, and then you 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 highlighted balance, right? Because let's let's talk a little bit about balance. I wasn't gonna go there, but let's go. We said we going all the way. <laughs> everybody, and especially okay, listen. So first time mom, I have a two-year-old, pregnant again, married. Everything is new. This all new. This is a new part yeah. of my life. Before this, I knew what I was doing. Right now, it's like, honey, I'm on my learning curve. I'm learning on the fly, right? And so people are always talking to me about balance. And I'm like, well, first of all, you don't do all this stuff. So you don't, like, what you mean balance how? Like, <laughs> well, who defines balance for real? Like, like. <laughs> your balance, we are not the same. Your balance and my balance, we, we're not the same. Right. And so when people talk about and then I feel like, OK, now I'll play like devil's advocate a little bit here. Some people are coming yeah. from a genuine place of maybe I want you to like rest or, you know, maybe they think you torture. A lot of people think we torture ourselves with business or something. It's like we kind of chose this. Yeah. What chose us? Yeah. But we, we actually enjoy it even on the bad days. Yes. And so um, but I, I feel like people are lazy with their words. So when they throw stuff out there like, oh, you're not balanced or, oh, you do everything or, or what don't you do? And I don't feel like they took that extra 20 seconds, 15 seconds to really think about like the seed that they're planting in people. And so can you talk more to like, OK, people planting those seeds, even if it's just subtle, because um, like I'm just like big on picking stuff up. So I was like, hold on. I heard what you said, even though you didn't say it that way. Um, so let's talk about like how to avoid allowing others to like plant seeds in our minds that grow doubt or grow that. OK, well, maybe I should pull back from this. Like, how do we know how to like kind of filter out what people are really trying to say to us and how do we get around like allowing it to negatively impact our create our creative flow? Because that's essentially what it does. I think that that's a super good question and it I feel like it's layered it's very layered um I can honestly say that even as a child my parents instilled and I feel like this is a lesson for us with our children to make sure that we're doing it as well but my parents allowed me to or they instilled identity in me they they nurtured who I was baby if I wanted to take piano lessons and decided that I took piano lessons and although it was cool, it just wasn't for me, but they nurtured these spaces and allowed me to live, but also really fostered, like, be who you are, have a real identity. And so I think even having that foundation, there were some times where I found myself doing stuff in high school where it was just different from what everybody else was doing. But I was brought up in a space and in an environment where that was celebrated and not mm -hmm. necessarily like, well, what are you doing? Like that creativity, that uniqueness, that identity, that was something that my parents really nurtured in me. So when it came time for me to be an adult, like, yeah, we got we all deal with peer pressure. We all deal with those things. But there was something within me that knew to go back to, like, who are you? 
in the midst of this world of people that most people don't have a clue who they really are Mm -hmm. every single day. And they're depending on this world to dictate and tell them who they are. Who are you? And again, my faith is something that is so embedded within me because too, I feel like I've been able to um, utilize my faith to help me stay grounded in who I am. No matter what is going on, no matter no matter what people have to say, like I can still, you got to have some core and mm-hmm. some solid foundation that you're able to lean on because in this world, especially when you're pursuing entrepreneurship, especially when you're pursuing things or an industry even that a lot of people are unfamiliar with or it's not popular. Like you got all of these things coming against you. People will try to force you to wear their opinions. One thing we got to understand is it's their opinion. They are entitled to have it, but I don't have to wear your opinion. I can consider it. And I can even, I feel out, I'm a, I'm driven by feedback. So I won't say that I won't listen, but I take it through a filter. Is mm-hmm. where one, where are you coming from with this statement? What is your motive and what is your heart behind the statement that you're giving me? Because sometimes people project things on us or give their opinion or even their hatred based on a place that they're in personally. I take that thing through a filter. Sometimes the way you feel about life ain't got nothing to do with me. But if you're miserable, you're going to, if you are miserable within, you're going to project misery. And it Mm -hmm. is not my job to wear your misery. And then there are other times when people are giving you their input and their feedback. And it is worth considering because it may be one of those things where if somebody like, hey, you need to have balance. There's, (laughs) There's a couple different people that can say that. There's the person that does not understand what it's like to walk in your shoes and they will never understand and they don't even have a clue of what that really looks like. That is not the person. I'm not going to wear their opinion. If it's someone that is close to me that's saying, hey, you need to balance because they can see the other side or the other reflection of who I am. They can Mm -hmm. look in my eyes and see that I'm tired. They can look and see that maybe my work isn't as solid or as A1 as it used to be. These are very real things in entrepreneurship. That type of feedback, I can take into consideration. I know where you're coming from. I know your genuine concern for me. And I take that through a filter as well. And then I also apply like, but how does this land and how does this rest with the foundation of who you are? Then- I decide, am I keeping this or am I throwing it away or am I just letting it fly right past me? Like we ultimately have the power to decide. Words are very powerful, but our mindset and our decision to choose what and where those words go, that's up to us. So, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make it easy or simplified because there are words that live with you longer. I'll never forget. I had somebody um, come to me and tell me like, basically that I was doing too much. Like you're, they, they didn't like the way that I was moving. Now mm-hmm. I really valued that these people, I really valued their opinion. So I took those words and I almost let them kill me because I took those words and I'm like, man, I am doing too much. Like I ain't moving right. I'm, I'm doing too much. I need to sit down mm-hmm. somewhere and chill out. I had to literally go to my 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 circle 
I'm watered well and make sure that I'm taken care of. And I also have to sort through it myself. And after going through that process, it was like, what you talking about? Consider mm -hmm. the source. Technically, <laughs> you're an innovator and technically you're a disruptor. And some of what you're doing is disrupting their situation. So mm -hmm. you got, so, but I quickly, I committed it to prayer and I also took it to my circle and I gave myself enough time to properly process it. So I didn't take it and just run with it and say, I'm shutting everything down because somebody done told me that I, I'm doing too much. It happens, it resonates, but you got to filter that thing out because if you, if you wear someone else's, if you wear the wrong words, it will literally kill you. And I could see myself, if I had taken that into consideration, I would have been somewhere not being who I am and not doing what I was supposed to do because someone's opinion I allowed to stick with me. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah, and I think I think you hit a lot of very important, um, important keys. So when you are an entrepreneur or creative or whatever field that you're in, and even if you work a nine to five, you should be disrupting, right? Because essentially you should be going into these things, making them better. So I don't believe everybody's called to entrepreneurship. I don't believe everybody's called to a nine to five. But whatever you're called to, you call to it to serve your corner of the world. You call to it to make an impact. And when you impact, you hit things. <laughs> people don't like being hit. And so when people don't like you being hit. as long as you don't hit them. They typically tend to fight back. You ever hit somebody? They typically hit you back if you hit them first. So, uh, and not even like in an intentional way, but when you come in and you make this splash, it causes that ripple effect. And so I think you hit a lot of very important points because one of the things that I really try to cater to, and I'm sure that you, you notice this as well, is like the mindset behind all this all, because that genuinely like that steers our ships. Like, how are we thinking? How are we processing things? And the fact that you take the time so, okay, number one, let me sort through this. Let me consider the source. Let me consider how it made me feel. And then you consult with people who get it, who get you, who see you, who um, have proven themselves to be, you know, your people. This is this is where, you know, you get that, that replenishment when you feel depleted. Um, and so I think that's important. I know, um, you know, like a lot of us are, I say us, because y'all be all in this together. I sincerely mean that. <laughs> But I know a lot of us are quick to kind of just like jump, like whether that be I'm jumping to quit or I'm jumping to conclusions or I'm jumping to, you know, I'm defensive. So I'm trying to fight back. It's like we're quick to jump. And so I think it's very important that you highlight that you give yourself time to sort through this. And not only do you give yourself time to sort through this, I pray, I consult. But then ultimately, at the end of all of this, it's still up to Ebony or it's still up to you individually to figure out how this fits or how this can apply to either make you better or uh, essentially if you don't let it make you worse you know so thank you for sharing that because I think you hit a lot of uh, a lot of very important keynotes that we don't really we don't really consider that um especially when you in it because you can't you know when you in it is different like so if somebody comes to you for advice is like okay because I can see the whole picture but when you in it you can't really see, you know, your, your uh, vision is, is kind of limited there. So. And you said something too um, about mindset. And I know, I know, I feel like it's a buzzword and it's, it's a popular word um, now, mm -hmm. but 
It is so true. Um, one of the things that when I first got into consulting, I was just, I was bothered because as I was talking with clients and doing SWOT analysis and, and really breaking down the what and the why of their brand, when it came down to identifying their areas of opportunity, that list could go from here down 75 South for miles when it mm -hmm. came down to talking about their strengths and what they're actually good at. The list was so short. And so um, over time, like, again, because faith is just a part of who I am. So y'all gonna hear me talk about Jesus, Jesus and entrepreneurship. That's just what it, that's what it is over here. Okay. Um, but I started to pray about that because it really, it really hurt my spirit as to why people couldn't see the best in themselves. But it was God really started to show me like, it is about mindset and it is layers of trauma and layers of things that really dictate a person's mindset. And so sometimes our mindset, sometimes you got to do the work and figure out and ask like, where is that really coming from? Even if you mm -hmm. don't have a consultant or a life coach or something like that, you can do the work yourself and say, I find myself not able to celebrate myself or not able to celebrate others. Where does that really stem from? Because sometimes we got to go back and do the work and figure out where this truly stems from because it's impacting how we show up in life. It's impacting how we show up in business. Sometimes our mindset or our inability to value ourselves could stem from we may have had parents who talked down on us and did not celebrate us and did not build us up. And we think that those are small things so we get in entrepreneurship and we're trying to figure out how come I can't raise my prices? How come I feel like, how do, why do I feel like I have to discount everything? Why do I feel like I can't show up confidently? And some of that stuff, our mindsets today and even how we show up in entrepreneurship, it runs so deep. And so when you talk about entrepreneurship and just life, they're so they're so closely linked. Like yeah. I can sometimes when I'm working with clients, I can tell what kind of childhood or what kind of life environment they have based have or had based on how they show up in their business. So this whole work, yes, we're entrepreneurs, but this is a whole life's work. Like we are, <laughs> you want me to have a mindset of success, baby, that's layered, that's heavy. Cause that means I might have to go back to my childhood and recorrect some things or address some things that, or that impacts how I show up every day, right down to the check I cut or right down to how I run my business. And so mindset literally is everything and we got to do that work sometimes and and people look at entrepreneurship i say all the time <laughs> if you ain't in it you don't have a clue what it feels like to walk in these shoes because that's those are life those are life challenges but they are life's challenges that directly impact our business and can ultimately impact our bottom line that's just how real this entrepreneurship game is Oh my gosh, I'm glad that you addressed all of that. <laughs> but it's so funny because have you ever found yourself like, you know, you can, I feel like entrepreneurship eliminates, it doesn't allow you to fake it, right? 
So it's like you either believe that you got it or you don't. Like even once yeah. you get into like marketing and selling and and you can create all the personas you, you want to within that realm. But then when people are working closely with you, when people are working yeah. closely under you, it's like you really can't like you're going to shine through whoever you are, whatever you have not worked through. Whatever you have not went back and corrected, all those things are going to shine through. And so I think it's very important that you mention that because I, you know, you work with different with different companies or you you partner with different people and you're like, oh, I thought you was going to be way different than, <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's and all of like the small people sometimes. Sometimes you are working the, the like, biggest, big people. Once you get to that space and you're like, oh, you know what? My life ain't so raggedy. <laughs> I'm kind of all right. I'm kind of doing all right in my own. I'm kind of doing all right over here. <laughs> but, but it's funny you do get to some of these spaces, and and uh, one of my friends is a celebrity stylist. Shouts out to Corey Roche. He would be he would be great, by the way, on here. But um, he's just like it's all smoke and mirrors. Like at the end of the day, like when you behind the scenes is. The stuff that we desire, the stuff that we aspire to be, when it when it's all said and done, it more so boils down to just making sure you are invested, that you are good, that you are pouring into who you are. Because some of these brands and industry and things that we drew after, you get in there and you like, it's real ghetto here. It's real, real, it's real Listen, ghetto here. Like some of these events, because like even. Cause okay, like you know, I've been in Atlanta about six years now, but it's like you know, Atlanta kind of rat racy. I, I love it for the opportunity, and it, but it also is what it is. And so you come down yeah. here, it's like oh, you have one perception of it, and then once you start to get into like the core of what this is, like I'll find myself at some of these huge events that I had like on my vision board when I was younger. And I'm like, I'm finally here, and I get there, and I don't even stay to the end. I'm like, yeah, I'm just I'm gonna head out because uh. Yeah, I'm ahead on now. It's not what I thought it was. And so, but that's, but, but like, you know, to bring your point full circle before we wrap up, that's why it's so important. Like you can, like, you really have to continuously pour into you. So when you say like entrepreneurship and your personal life is like hand in hand, like, yeah, it's good. Keep the, the, the business and personal separate. But when you are in this creative space of building something, like it's a lot of overlap. So it's important to, continuously pour into yourself because when you walk into these spaces you know who you are and you're able to say hey this really don't align with yeah where i am or what I, what what the vision is or with who i am at the core like you know this is a hard no for me and you don't have to yeah, say yes yeah. they, they waving shiny checks in front of your face and you can walk away from that without feeling stupid because that's some people yeah. say are you stupid you walk you leaving money on yes sometimes you yeah. gotta leave the money yeah. where it's set honey because your soul is yeah. worth more <laughs> but values like we this is why branding and consulting this yeah. is why this is why the space exists beyond showing you how to navigate through your social media how to make sure your graphics are golden beyond all of that it's to like your brand and core values your ethics like what your creed because those are some things that a lot of a lot of businesses, a lot of startups and entrepreneurs don't necessarily have. So it's easy for you to be swayed to the left or the right, because do you even know like what your values and what your core system is? Do you even know 
what you stand up for. And be, and you have to know that because you will get in those places. And I know you can attest to this. If people knew how much money I've turned down or walked away from to maintain the integrity and the value system of why I'm really here, if it was just about a check, like, and, and the funny thing is, and I'll make this super brief, like, we often look at people when they switch up and you like, I don't know what happened to them. When you're in the thick of things, you can mm-hmm. see where people literally are like, you have a decision to make. And everybody doesn't make the decision to stand for their integrity, stand for what they believe in, keep the main thing, the main thing. I know how easy it is to sell out. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm a sellout, but I know I know when I was faced with decisions of, are you going to stay true? to what God called you to do, what you're here to do with purposes for your business and mission, or you're going to go get this check. Now, right. what, like you said, whatever is in your heart will, will come out. But it, I'm telling you, like, that value system is important because, like you said, you'll be done cut a check, and then you look up and you have sold your integrity. You have sold everything that you have worked so hard to build and create and then all for the sake of dollars or opportunities. It's been mm-hmm. so many things that I've turned away from that. I'm like, first of all, <laughs> which I think this is, this ain't it. If I want to be true to who I'm here to serve and true to myself and be able to sleep at night, baby, it's all kind of money on the floor. Cause that's what matters can you can you, like how do you feel about you like the lights go off you close out the social media apps you back at home and it's just you yeah. or just you and your family or whatever the case whatever home life looks like for you when it's just you you in the shower you in the bed you sitting to your how do you feel about you and i think that's always been very important to me because i'm an overthinker one hence <laughs> don't overthink it y'all but i'm an overthinker so when i get alone I need to feel good about me because I'd have replayed this scenario like 50 different times. Because if you, I don't do nothing else, I'm going to assess me. Okay, like, <laughs> don't say that right. What about this? What about that? Um, it's, but I think it's important, right? Because then, but that also makes you self-aware. And then to yeah. your point again, that if people really knew how much money you turned down, and that's the thing, right? Um, whether you are in alignment with your values or not, and that's that's something that's clear, right? It's no shortage of money. So it's mm-hmm. it's better to really just get clarity on what those values are and stay in alignment with those because the money is there too. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times they trick us out of our assignment. They they trick us out of everything, okay? Because they dangle the checks. And it's yeah. like I said, it's, it's rat racy. And I know um, you know, Atlanta's a little different. I'm from Saginaw originally. Um, mm-hmm. Atlanta's a little different, you know, it's real rat racy. So the checks is always dangling, the celebrities is mm-hmm. always right there. Everything is always right there, but it's like, what do you value at the end? Like, what quality can you produce? Yeah. Another thing is, you know, everybody's saying they're doing something that. Listen, y'all, I got horror stories for days. I might write a, I might write a, a book, right, with short horror stories about business. You need to put together a book where we can all anonymous, anonymously submit because they <laughs> want to Okay, and they're good this is the real this is the real horror stories okay if you like scary movies start to a business okay you will live in a real life horror film okay uh, all facts. All facts. 
So, but again, though, Ebony, like I said, honestly, I, I really sincerely thank you for taking time out to speak to me, to share more of about your business, share more about you. Share these gems, girl, because you was dropping them, okay? Let me, I can't wait to play this back, okay? Because let me tell you, let me take some notes or some. But no, but like seriously, though, I really appreciate you for taking the time out to speak with me, to share with my audience. Um, and before we wrap up, can you just let the listeners know where they can get tuned into you, like social media, websites, like how can they plug into Ebony? Um, how can they shop the, the books? How can they get plugged into the uh, consultant agency? Talk to us. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, you can go to buildwithebony.com. Um, that breaks down what I do as far as coaching, visionarynotebooks.com for the journals. Um, and then uh, for social media, Ebony the Biz Builder. Y'all don't forget my name is spelled E B O N I E because if you go E B O N Y or E B O N Y, baby, you're not gonna find me. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be like, I knew she was capping. No, I'm on there. <laughs> I E, okay. I know y'all like to spell Ebony's with a Y. Yes. It's I E. Don't you know, ask I -E. me, ask my mama. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> Listen, well, uh, well, thank you again, Ebony. Y'all make sure I also leave a link to all her sites uh, as well as her social media in the episode notes. Make sure you get plugged into her. Um, a lot of good stuff going on over there, girl. Just, just all the feels and today. Thank okay, for having me. This look, yeah, I I have enjoyed this. So thank you for creating such an authentic and positive and a platform that is full of realness and good energy, honey. Thank you. Thank you. And to you, to those of you who continue to tune in episode after episode after episode, thank you guys for your continued support. Make sure you check out IamTerrisCouture.com or LifeInCouture.com. Keep submitting your feedback, your questions. Um, and until next time, guys, thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I want to thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of Don't Overthink It, the podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Terrace Couture and check out the website, IamTerraceCouture.com. And until next time. <laughs>